count of three, name your favorite dinosaur. Don't even think about it. Just name it. Ready? One, two, three. Velociraptor. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. It's time for another episode of the Wooten and Why Show. Welcome back to another episode of the Woot and Wire Show. We're only a week away from Thanksgiving, which is week 10 in the NFL. And after a couple of weeks off being a busy body, Josh Woot is back on the Woot and Wire Show. It's good to have you back, buddy. No, thanks. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for welcoming me back. Thank you. It's <laughs> hey, beautiful. How you been, man? Um, yeah, not too bad. It's been a not while. It's been a while since I've seen you. About 24 hours. Uh, we watched... Uh, the Socceroos get through to the World Cup last night at our... Uh, in in typical a... Socceroo fashion. Yeah, just sheer luck. Our condolences to the Kiwis. Yeah, that was not a great game today. No. Yeah, so wasn't. needed Daniel Vittori off the bench. <laughs> the great man. Uh, yeah, so we watched that at our local. Had a couple of, uh, couple of stone and woods. Not a, not a bad night, so... Here we are. Yeah, on a, right. Here we are on a Thursday. Week ten is in the books, as I said at the top of the show. Only a week away from Thanksgiving, so that's when the the going gets tough. Uh, from Thanksgiving, it starts to starts to get really nitty and gritty. Uh, the wins and losses start to really add up and make sense, and uh, the playoff picture and, and in the hunt start to appear on all over uh, NFL.com, ESPN, all that sort of stuff. And do you know what else is getting a lot tough? Is our eliminated challenge. Um, there's still four left. It's been four for like three straight weeks now. So everyone that's still left is making correct picks. It's it's quite fun to see like we're like in a like an elimination chamber match in the WWE. It's like who is going to be who is out next? It's uh, it's been pretty insane. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, the teams that you'd have to pick left, I don't know. You wouldn't have too many shots. I was I, I, can't I was extremely worried about picking Detroit last week against uh, the Browns, and I was a bit worried for a while there. And I was like, "Oh wow, it's going to be the it's going to be the uh, Cleveland Browns that end us here. Like that's a way to go out." But it's going to be tough this week. Uh, a lot of teams who are running out of picks, so uh, we'll have to have a discussion as to what we pick next week. Have we picked the Eagles yet? Yeah, I definitely. I want to check definitely. who we have to pick now. <laughs> so we have picked. Uh, we picked the Rams, the Pats, the Saints, the Bengals, the Raiders, the Eagles, the Lions, the Steelers, the Texans, and the Seahawks. I am really annoyed right. we didn't pick the Green Bay Packers earlier when Rogers was healthy. But how are we supposed to know? Um, so it's, yeah, the games that we've got left to pick here. I mean, the Jags, we could double down on the Jags against the Browns. But if you're here on the punt return, I've got a weird gut feeling about the Browns this week. But um, I think the Chiefs against the Giants, Andy Reid's 16-2 and two against the Bayern might be the way we go this week. That's, uh, that looks pretty safe to me. It's a great record. Uh, reminder, iTunes reviews. Please head to iTunes. Give us a five-star review. You go into the draw. We're giving away $300 worth of signed merchandise to one lucky person. So whoever leaves us a review, we'll pick at random. And that person will get, uh, you can name a player and you'll get a signed jersey or, or a signed piece of memorabilia sent to you. Jeez. Yep. Jeez. What, let's, let's, uh, let's, <laughs> they're going to go, 
All right, I want a signed jersey from, and then just pick someone insane that we could never get it from. Yeah, Bo Jackson, like. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. OJ. No, no. Mm. <laughs> OJ. I mean, OJ stuff, um, you just go trick-or-treating at his house now. Did you see that a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, but he'll steal it back. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we'll try to steal it back, which, yeah, he might be in for an adventure. There you go. Leave us an iTunes review. You may end up in you know the next 30 for 30 with OJ. Give it a go. Uh, all right, before we move on, uh, what was your favorite thing from week 10? It was a pretty dull week in NFL football standards, if you ask me. Um, yeah, probably the John Fox challenge. That was probably the funniest moment. Uh, it's, <laughs> and we, we both agree it's a dumb rule, but we just like that it happened to John Fox. <laughs> and his face afterwards was made it all worth it. Like, <laughs> it's just... It was just the best ever to see to see that. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna suggest that as my answer, so I'm I'm a bit annoyed I asked you. Um, mine would probably be Osweiler throwing the ball and hitting someone in the face about four rows deep in on the sideline there, not rows but four people deep. It's not like he was like right on the edge of the sideline. He was like near the benches there and just copped a ball to the face. Um, that was probably the second favorite moment. The John Fox challenge. I've watched that video a thousand times. <laughs> Um, yeah, but you surprisingly think Oswald played okay? Yeah, apart from that. Um, he was just throwing the ball away, but it's still so funny. Um, <laughs> just, uh, like he, he, Christian Hackenberg, the guy, so great. Seattle Seahawks at Arizona Cardinals, starring Cam Chancellor, Doug Baldwin, Carlos Dansby, and Buda Baker. Thursday night football was more like a Thursday night brawl, as a really tough game with plenty of injuries brings the Thursday night fixture into question. The lone highlight of a game was ballerina Russell Wilson pirouetting defenders and finding Doug Baldwin on a 52-yard gain. Apart from that, flags. Flags everywhere. Seattle escaped with the win, 22-16. Rewatchability score, 34%. New York Jets at Tampa Bay Buccaneers, starring Austin Severian Jenkins, Levante David, Gerald McCoy, and Chris Godwin. It was the journeyman revenge bowl, and it was very poetic that the two great journeyman quarterbacks played exactly how their careers should be remembered. The total teams these two quarterbacks have started for nearly matched the total points scored in this game. But it was Fitzpatrick who got the last laugh, eating W's for the Bucks against his former team. Bucks win 15 to 10. Rewatchability score 14%. New Orleans Saints at Buffalo Bills, starring Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, Larry Warford, and Cameron Jordan. The Buffalo Bills really shouldn't have sold Darius to the Jaguars, as he's absent left a gaping hole on defense. That gaping hole allowed the dynamic duo of Ingram and Kamara to run riot, and even let the corpse of Drew Brees run one in. The only guy in Buffalo to make some yardage in this one was the nude streaker who managed 73 yards on the ground before getting whacked by security. Saints win 47-10. Rewatchability score 56%. Cleveland Browns at Detroit Lions starring Darius Slay, Theo Riddick, Deshaun Kaiser and Isaiah Crowell. 
This game is a great example to explain the unpredictability of the NFL. Cleveland are good against the run and bad against the pass. Detroit are bad at rushing the ball, but are good at throwing it in the air. So, of course, Detroit found most of their success on the ground to jumpstart their offense. The goal that they in returned to action after it was closed for maintenance for a few weeks and pulled off a, sunny, a stunning 50-yard grab. Keep making, keep making those sweet tunes, Kenny G. Browns lose this one, 38-24, 47%. Cincinnati Bengals at Tennessee Titans, starring DeMarco Murray, Kevin Bayard, A.J. Green, and Geno Atkins. In a surprising season with plenty of shocks and plot twists, Vontae's perfect being ejected from a game is far from a surprise, but learning that it's his first time that he's ever been ejected in a game was a massive surprise. Super Mariota was super when the chips were on the line again. You trust him to head into Bowser's mansion and rescue Princess Peach. AJ Green had another soft outing with five catches, 115 yards, and a touchdown. Titans win 24-20. Rewatchability score, 41%. Green Bay Packers at the Chicago Bears, starring Brett Hudley, Jamal Williams, Mike Daniels, and Akeem Hicks. In a make-or-break game for the Packers, Hunley ticked the make column, finally showcasing some arms, uh, some arm talent. Plenty of Packers hit the break column, though, with a few key players going down with injuries. Not a good year for Aaron's in Green Bay on the injury front. But don't look now, Brett Hunley's only 198 wins away from matching the other Brett to start, a, start at quarterback for the Packers. John Fox managed to change a Bears first and goal at the one into a touchback for the Packers with the dumbest challenge of all time. We're going to miss you when you're gone, Fox Ball. Packers win 23-16. Rewatchability score, 31%. Los Angeles Chargers at Jacksonville Jaguars. Starring Kalei Campbell, Marcel Darius, Austin Eckler, and Jatavis Brown. Ah, the Chargers. Ah, Blake Bortles. Turns out that a mixture of the Chargers and Blake Bortles together is a perfect recipe for madness. The Chargers can add blocking a made field goal in overtime to their freakish NFL loss bingo card as the Jaguars escape with a victory. Blake Bortles is the first quarterback, and the Jaguars are the first team to throw two interceptions in the final two minutes while trailing, but still win. The Blake Bortles uh, fax Twitter account taking a big W here. Jaguars win 20-17 to in overtime. Rewatchability score, 67%. Minnesota Vikings at Washington Redskins, starring Adam Thielen, Harrison Smith, Case Keenum, and Maurice Harris. This, this game started on an all-time emotional high with Teddy Bridgewater shedding tears of joy for being active for the first time in eons. The, vo- the good vibes continued with Maurice Harris making the OBJ catch of the season, but the, Viking, but the Vikings were feeling good and they can count on Case. Keep them Keenum. Vikings win 38-30. Rewatchability score 83%. Pittsburgh Steelers at Indianapolis Colts starring Cameron Haywood, Juju Smith-Schuster, Jabal Sheard and Chester Rogers. Jacoby Brissett continues his saucy performances as the brisket becomes even tastier every week. Juju continues to be the apple of Ben's Big Ben's eyes. The Colts continue to blow leads in the fourth quarter, and the Steelers continue to struggle on the road against bad teams. Lots of continuing continuing of common narratives in this one. Steelers continue to win 20-17, rewatchability score 57%. Houston Texans at Los Angeles Rams, starring Aaron Donald, Robert Woods, Mark Barron, and Jadavian Clowney. Tom Savage continues to be a human highlight reel. That is, for Kaepernick's lawyers in his collusion case against the NFL. On the flippity flip side, Sean McVay locked up Coach of the Year honours 
and Jared Goff became an MVP dark horse. Dark days for Jeff Fisher. Texans lose 33-7. Rewatchability score, 32%. New York Giants at San Francisco 49ers, starring Reuben Foster, Marquise Goodwin, CJ Bethard, and Sterling Shepard. Abandoned ship, hit the road, Mac. The Giants are Ben Macadoomed. Ben Macca gone. Ben Macca don't do that. Been there, Macca done that. The Giants' defense completely quits on their head coach and made C.J. Bethard look like a star, which bode well for Marquise Goodwin, who put who put a whole lot of things into perspective with a great performance after a personal tragedy. The Giants and the 49ers finally get their first win of the season, 32 to 21. Rewatchability score, 29 percent. Dallas Cowboys at Atlanta Falcons, starring Adrian Claiborne, Austin Hooper, Desmond Trufant, and Tyrone Smith. The grass isn't always Chaz Greener on the other side. The efforts of Chaz Green and Byron Bell show just how much an elite left tackle means to a football team. Tyrone Smith's absence was well and truly felt by Dak Prescott as he was sacked eight times. Adrian was Claiborne again, racking up six of those eight sacks, which nearly matched his career high for a season in seven and a half. Falcons win 27-7, rewatchability score 44%. New England Patriots at Denver Broncos, starring Dion Lewis, Rex Burkhead, Joe Judge, special teams coach, Emmanuel Sanders. Look out, NFL. We have a new sexy Rexy. Rex Burkhead displayed glimpses of Patriots' Denny Woodhead on his way to prove that the Pats can not only beat you with white wide receivers, but white running backs as well. Denver put the words special and special teams with an abysmal performance that even let Brock Osweiler down. Speaking of Brock Osweiler, or Brock Lobster, he threw a ball that hit a team assistant deep on the sidelines in the face. In the face. Patriots win 41-16. Rewatchability score 51%. Miami Dolphins at Carolina Panthers. Starring Cam Newton, Luke Keekley, Devin Funches, and Kenyon Drake. All of the Panthers stars were shining bright under the Monday night football lights in a dominant display on both sides of the ball. Cam, CMC, and Luke all had fun chess on their way to giving the Miami Dolphins a royal hiding. The lone exception for Miami was Kenyon Drake. The jump man had plenty of views on his long touchdown run. Dolphins lose 21-45. to Rewatchability score, 57%. Talking tidbits. Some talking tidbits here. We're talking Tyrod Taylor. So he's been benched as the Bills' starting quarterback in favor of fifth-round rookie Nathan Peterman. Comes four days after Taylor went nine for 18 for just 56 yards in an embarrassing home loss to the Saints. They just ran straight up through the middle of them. Peterman came in uh, for sort of late work in garbage time and went seven for 10 for 79 yards and a touchdown. Um, so Sean McDermott's going with the, the hand-picked guy that this uh, regime personally drafted. Um, so obviously Tyrod was left over and there was a lot of conjecture about his contract in this, uh, current off season leading into this season. And now, uh, we'll wait and see what happens. He's due a 10 million salary and a $6 million roster bonus next year. So I think he definitely could be a cut candidate, but a lot to swallow here, a lot to take in. Yeah. Um, I have a few opinions on the whole thing. I hope Nathan Peterman turns out to be the guy. I think McDermott's a great coach. Like, he just what he's done with the, this team that, you know, everyone, including us, had written off before the season began is insane. Yep. Um, 
so I hope I hope Peterman goes. The Bills Mafia deserve some, you know, happiness. But yeah. saying that, Tyrod, like, it'd be good for Tyrod to get cut if he went and played for the Jags. The Jags would be scary. Oh man, I, I, <laughs> they, you, you, yeah. Like I, the Jacksonville fans would be loving Tyrod to be their quarterback. I think it's that would we were saying that at the start of the season. Why don't you just go, you know, put in a bit for for Kaepernick? Tyrod would be great there. Oh my, yeah. Um, we, we, I think we've mentioned that. I think we mentioned that in like week one or two as an early trade candidate that we really liked. Um, I definitely agree yeah. with you. Because we said if they're, if they're getting rid of everyone, like because the, the Bills were just you know shipping every well, it every felt player like they, they had. Tanking, like, yeah. Yeah, so, and now they're not tanking, and, you know, they're having a great year. But I think, yeah, Taylor, I think, will be cut. Um, yeah, I, it, saves, is... it saves them $9 million. Trading them saves them $10 million. So, either way, he's he's not going to be a bill next year, for sure. Yeah, exactly. But then saying that, you know, best of luck to Peterman. And then, you know, I... even though it was garbage time, he did perform well against the defense that has been insanely surprising this year. The, Everything's insane this week. I the think. Bills, the, the decision-making on this, the timing of it seems a little bit sketchy for me. Um, you're, you're facing Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa, and you, you, this is the game on the road that you're going to start Nathan Peterman. Uh, I I don't necessarily think you're putting your young quarterback in, a, in an ideal situation to succeed. Um but in saying that, when do you do it? They play at the Chiefs the following week and then the Pats. But the last sort of four games is Colts, Dolphins, Pats, and Dolphins again. So maybe it could have been better to just wait until they were fully ruled out of playoff contention because I don't think it was Tyrod's fault that they lost that game. He didn't allow 326 yards on oh, the ground. No, like, no. that was... Like, he did not... You traded Marcel Darius and you've gone from allowing, I think it was like three... Yards per carry to like five and a half, and then on the flip side, the Jags have gone from allowing five and a five and a half to three yards per carry. So Marcel Darius' impact and loss is just obviously shown just in t- two game sample size of him joining the Jags and leaving the Bills. Like, that's fairly evident. But the Saints, like that was a comprehensive ass beating, and like it, it was nowhere near Tyra Taylor's fault at all. No, I agree. Yeah, I agree. It was he's just a fall guy. Yeah, so I look, I I do agree with you, and, and look, I'm not. I love Tyra Taylor, so like I I'm not wishing that Peterman um, has a bad game. I hope he does, but I just I am worried about him in this game against Bosa and and Ingram. They've just been killing and people all season, so uh, it, it's going to be tough for Nathan Peterman. Yep, rip Nathan Peterman. Apart from uh, <laughs> apart from. Uh, the Jags. Is there any other teams you wouldn't mind seeing Tyrod join next season? Um, my, uh, my ideal the... is the is him eventually coming back to the Ravens and replacing Joe Flacco, like a circle of life moment. That would be that would be funny. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that either. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. But the Giants could be an option. No. Okay, no. you don't you don't think so at all? They move on from Eli and then. I do think they move on for Eli from Eli, and they have to, and like yep. there's so much sentiment there, but they have to let that go. Um, but the, the Giants just seem like a pocket quarterback kind of team. They don't seem like you know, they just don't seem 
to be the team that you know will, will, they want like a face. I like I yeah. get that any quarterback can be the face of the franchise, but a po- pocket quarterback just has so much more. Like yeah, I get it. I don't know. New York prestige, that kind of thing. It's just yep. an image thing. What about the other team in New York, like the Jets or... I was about to suggest the Jets. I think yeah. they... Yeah. Yeah. Or even the Cardinals, I think. Like, Carson Palmer might move on. And Tyrod shown he's got a strong arm, could fit Arian's system a little bit. You know he's... No, they just got Barkley back, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, true. Good Good point. Good point. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Um, all right. Uh, another little bit of uh, news before we get to our three-point stance. So... Uh, Pretty much Fox is having Greg Olson as part of its broadcast team this Sunday. They're on by the Panthers for the Rams-Vikings game. So they're having, him in, they're having him in the booth as a sort of a Tony Romo color commentator. So Vikings GM Rick Spielman spoke to the NFL and Fox to relay that the team feels... So the Vikings feel that it's inappropriate to have Olsen in the booth for Sunday's game. Um, he's currently on injured reserve, but he could play a large role potentially in a, in a game between the between the Vikings and Panthers in December. Um, so that's definitely a, con, a little bit of a conflict. But So the Vikings have requested that Olsen work on a different game in Week 11, but that was declined. Olsen has said that he won't be in production meetings or at Vikings practices. Broadcast teams commonly are, but he's just going to be in the booth. Um, he also added, I don't know if the Vikings still, um, still do, but the way we'll think about it, I'm not going to see... Sorry, where I've just misread that, but he's basically saying that he's going to see the game a million different ways um, on tape afterwards. Anyway, in preparation for the their game eventually, so being in the booth is not going to basically affect that his view or give him an advantage or anything like that. That's pretty much what Olsen has said on the issue. What's your thoughts on this? Um, if, for example, like okay, so it could it could have happened right now. So Zach Ertz has been injured. If Zach Ertz was out for another three weeks and started commentating on, say, Giants Chiefs game, I wouldn't exactly be thrilled. I wouldn't be, th- I, like, I, I'm all for um, players, especially recent players. Like, you've seen what Romo has done. Like, yeah. not every player that jumps in the booth is going to be like Romo. Romo's knowledge of the game is incredible. And Olsen's been around long enough that I think he could be successful as well. And I think I really like this, especially because the game has evolved so much since, um, you know, since the the guys that are in the booth now were playing. Yep. So I really do like the modern take on, um, on the game in, in the booth, but, if it's a current player and you're injured and just things like that, like it does have this weird yep. feel to it, like this weird negative feel. Not even not even the whole Viking thing. I don't really care about that. I don't think he gets. He's not going to get an advantage from that. The the amount of analysis and scrutiny over every little play on tape that they have is way better than anything he can yeah, get. Yeah, exactly. There. He said he's going to watch the game a, a million, a hundred times between now and and then when they, he gets ready to play them. So. Said that yeah. you know, seeing it seeing it from a booth a million miles in the sky is not going to be any different from what do you see on the game field. But I can understand it from a Vikings point of view. Like, he, why can't he commentate on a different game, like an an AFC two AFC teams or something like that? So I can I can see both sides of the coin definitely. I I just yeah I'm not really sure how I really feel about it. But I am keen to see how he actually goes in the booth because I do like Greg Olson. He's a pretty charismatic guy. So uh, and, and yeah, me too. On the thing that you mentioned about, like, it's been a while since, you know, the Phil Sims and the Chris Collinsworth have played. That's why I really like Collinsworth, like, embracing, like, analytics. And I know he quotes PFF and stuff a lot. And I know 
a lot of people are mixed on PFF, but I like that he's trying to get a, a, another angle on the game and sort of be a point of difference to other commentators. I, I like that about uh, Collinsworth. Yeah, just going back to, uh, like, if Greg Olson was on my team, it's it's more just you want to know that, you know, Greg Olson isn't far away coming back. Yep. So he, you want his head to be in the game right now. You just want him to be focused on his comeback and everything like that, where, you know, obviously any any sane person would be nervous as hell going into, you know, like your your broadcast debut kind of thing. Yeah. So he's gonna, you know, there's there's gonna be all kinds of things running in in through his mind and his like preparation and things like that when you really want him to be focused on, you know, his conditioning and everything like that. True. So that that part of me, I wouldn't be thrilled with if he was yeah. on my team. But, but in saying that, he saying might, that, he, yeah, he might not that, be nervous he, at all. Yeah, saying that he might not be, be nervous at all, but at the same time. This guy's experienced as anyone. Like, he knows his own playbook inside out. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's had six weeks now on IR where he's, like, probably on top of the playbook and probably might be a much-needed reprieve for him to distract him. Like, could work both ways. But this is definitely interesting, and it adds an added little spin to the Rams-Vikings game, which looks like a, a really juicy game. So um, that's why we're going to rush along now to some other stuff because Week 11 looks... Um, there's some really good games that we can... Uh, Speak about some of the other weeks we just blitz through some of these no no nonsense games, but uh, let's move on. Three point stance. All right, first topic in three point stance: the Thursday night football dilemma. So many NFL players have repeatedly voiced their concerns about the small gap of time between playing games on Sunday and then on Thursday. Some of which you have to travel to the opponent's home stadium. The, this effectively voids the most needed aspect of their ability to perform in the arena, which is rest. Um, and most recently, that topic sort of come come to a head where a lot of uh, Seahawks players uh, voiced their concerns. Um, All-Pro Richard Sherman ruptured his Achilles tendon, and Doug Baldwin said that this should be illegal. Um, and he said, you can quote me on that. So he you know, was pretty strong on his views of Thursday night football. Um, it is... It is a tough topic. Like, you know, it's the everlasting struggle for the NFL in terms of preaching about player safety and, and being moral as opposed to capitalism because it's it's a huge business Thursday night football. The NFL is so popular that a standalone games like that um, are a massive revenue. We saw the Thursday night football games being streamed on Twitter last year and the amount of money that that, that brings in. But a lot of the players are getting very fed up. Carlos Dunlap as well this week mentioned that he hates Thursday night football as well. So... What what's the solution do you think, and what's your thoughts on this? I reckon I should just have two Thursday night football games, just one after no. Oh, uh, double, <laughs> just double down, make everyone do it. Yeah. No, I think in certain in certain circumstances, I think only two teams should play on on Thursday. So I think they should, you know, they should. It should be not a cross-country travel game. I still, they're not going to get rid of it. Let's just, let's just put that no. to rest. They're yeah. not going to get rid of Thursday night football. They're not going to get rid of Monday night football. Um, it's just, I don't know. How do I? Because mm, we we discussed this, and I said that like the guys. Part of me says toughen up because <laughs> it's like games, I the get, game's hard. <laughs> no, I get it. You yeah. get, but you pay at the same time. You're being paid millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. I, like I, I get it that you know 
that doesn't mean that players shouldn't get their rest, and I think they should. But and in certain circumstances, especially if you're coming off the the shorter week and you play the last game of the week and then you're backing up and playing on the Thursday night, like that's insane. Especially if you're traveling cross country, like yeah. that is ridiculous, and that should that shouldn't occur. So, I think Thursday night football games should only occur if you know they're both. Pay- playing on the same day the week before and, you know, they're not traveling cross country or yep. the um, one's coming off, say a Sunday and the other one's coming off a bye. that kind of thing can happen. But yep. if, it, if it's a short week and it's uh, involving either international or like cross country travel, that's just it. That to me seems just logical and common sense from the NFL's perspective, but we don't, we know they don't have it. Yeah. For me, I think the solution is, like, I, I like Thursday football as a fan. I like having the extra day of football. I like, like, I love Red Zone, but sometimes I think, like, eight games in an early slate's too much, so I kind of like more standalone fixtures. I know some of the standalone fixtures can be boring because you get two really bad teams, like some of the London games this year have all been blowouts and things like that, but I do like the standalone game. But I just think, like, the season's pretty short, right? 17 weeks is pretty short, and I know it's a year-long season now with the draft and free agency and all that sort of stuff. But I think what's one week going to do in terms of changing the entire season? I think if you give teams two bye weeks, and I think if you have a bye week before your Thursday night game, that gives you extra time to prepare. And then it also gives you that sort of 10-day window um, for your next game. And I just think that I think that is the solution because I definitely think that the short week is just insane. I'd li- like to see some t- statistics on amount of players that get injured on Thursday night football as opposed to having a full week's rest. I, I definitely think it would be higher. I wouldn't think it'd be that much because it's like a tiny sample size, but I don't know. Like It seems to be a lot of defenders that get injured as well, the ones that are really hitting hard and in the trenches, like the quarterbacks and things like that. If you're not getting hit, it's not too bad, but like corners and linebackers and things like that, especially with concussion as well, like... Having that short week, you, you're missing out on some of the best players playing because they're they're ruled out of those games because they the concussion protocol only goes for a certain amount of days as well. Yeah, um, yeah, I I like it. It's it's difficult though scheduling the buy considering that you know some teams are still on the buy in what we call week eleven. Yeah, but, but with two so buys, got... I think with two buys, I think some teams. You, you have to start it from like week two or whatever. Like, so you might play one game and then get a buy, but, but obviously... that's 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 a disadvantage. Like, see that this is when it gets really tricky because yep. as if it, a team's not tired after a game. I mean, sorry, after yep. a game they are. As, after as one a, week, yeah, as opposed there's, there's to yeah, that... after one week as opposed to ten is yeah hugely different. Yeah, and it also comes down to like if you have both of your bye weeks before, say week twelve, and you're a playoff competitor, a playoff, you know, contender, and, you know, someone else gets a bye week right before the playoffs, like, of course, they're in a better position yeah. to be more well-rested going into the playoffs. So it's really, really difficult. I think there's I some, think, some stuff you can iron out. Yeah. I I know no one ever wants a week off. Yep. But maybe even if it was just two half weeks right in the middle somewhere, like, so half the, you know, it was an AFC bye week and then the next week was an NFC bye week or whatever, that kind of thing. At least. Or even if you want to eliminate the early like bye weeks, right? You have a double header to open the season, back-to-back games on on like a Thursday or whatever. 
and then you have two of those teams play the next fixture of Thursday night, and then you keep going from there, and then you have a bye week up, like from week three onwards. Yeah, sort possibly. Of thing. Like that could be the way that you go about it. I don't know. I, I just think that it's a billion dollar industry. You want your best players on the field if they're all getting injured. In saying that, Richard Sherman ruptured his Achilles. He said he was waiting for it to happen. He just didn't know when it was going to happen. So whether he played on Sunday or Thursday, I don't think that was going to solve his issue. But definitely there's been That's some... a weird thing to say, right? Yeah, he that, that, that that's like a, a totally separate side issue is how tough some of these guys... Like, he willingly went out onto a field time, knowing he's... How do you know your Achilles tendon is going to rupture? He, he, said he, could, he said he knew it was, there was something wrong with it. It was, like, tight. He just knew... It was going to. Sorry, during the, is this during the game or in the lead up? No, in the lead up because he's had some he's had some Achilles problems for the last three weeks. So obviously, his trainers and physios and stuff have said, "Look, it's going to go." Has he been eventually. declaring this on the injury report? Yeah, yeah, he's been he's been questionable and things like that all for right, a while. But right. like he he said, like, I mean, look what happens to Martellus. Like, yeah, well, that's a stuff happens. Yeah, well, of course, the Pats, you know, of course they benefit from yeah. all that. It's just the way it happens. Yeah. Drink driving you know doesn't Sherman matter. will end up on the Pats roster soon. <laughs> yeah. It'll be Vontae Davis and he'll, he'll be fine for the playoffs. But no, I like, he willingly knew that his Achilles was going to, you know, rupture at some point and still went out to play. Like, that's, you know you're going to hit some pain and he still didn't care. Like, that's pretty tough. Like, that's that's amazing. But anyway, like, I definitely think something needs to change for it because it's just not sustainable uh, long-term. All right, moving on. Uh, points two and three. We're going to kind of merge these together because it was they're very connected. Um, so obviously there's a great divide in the NFL right now uh, in terms of there's a lot of top-heavy teams and there's a lot of bottom-heavy teams, and then the divide is also between the NFC. Um, they're a juggernaut right now, and the AFC is struggling to find playoff teams. So following Sunday's Week 10 action, six different teams find themselves at seven... Seven or two or better this season. And a total of 11 teams have posted at least six wins. But on the other hand, 10 teams have three wins or fewer heading in to Week 11. So obviously we're going to have some great playoff football with a lot of these teams at 7-2. and two. Look at the NFC with New Orleans, Minnesota, Los Angeles, your guys in Philly. And then obviously Carolina and Seattle are, are the two wildcard spots at the moment. But then, obviously, you have New England and Pittsburgh atop and the Chiefs in the AFC, but the rest, it's kind of a wash at the moment. So, looking at the NFC as a whole, um, who can we officially put a line through in the NFC? And then we'll get to the AFC, and we'll put a line through, you know, uh, who can we fork? But then who's who's going to emerge for, the, for that sixth playoff spot in the AFC? The AFC is a far tougher question than putting a fork through through teams. Yeah, um, let's let's do the uh, NFC first. Like, who can we officially pretty much rule out from the NFC? All right, so we'll go through divisions, right? So yep. I think Packers and Bears. Yes. All right, cool. I think uh, the Bucks. Yep, definitely. I think. The Cardinals and 49s. Yes, I agree there. 100%. And then the Redskins and Giants. Yes. Yep. So that leaves us with... You wouldn't be super surprised. All right, so you can't... You, you At the moment, right, you can't rule out the Cowboys, right? Even no. if they lose to Philly this coming week, you still wouldn't rule them out, would you? No, I wouldn't. But then, saying that, 
if the Redskins win this week, they go five and five, and the Cowboys the Cowboys would be five and five as well. But looking at just how the Cowboys have been playing without Zeke and things like that, and the ability of Kirk Cousins to do anything when he feels like it, sometimes <laughs> you can't put a fork in Redskins. <laughs> I think if we have a discussion in a week from now or two weeks from now, I think that'll be a lot clearer in the East. But given that the Rams, like given the Seahawks will probably lock up a wild card spot, we're talking Lions, Panthers and Falcons pretty much competing for that last playoff spot. And do you know what's crazy about the Falcons? If they win this week, they're going to have the exact same record they did last year at, after week 11. And even in, yeah. And you still do not feel great about them, but you could see them going on a run. Like, they have the potential. Matt Ryan's been fine this year. The offense obviously looks a little bit disjointed, but, like, if they can get it together, they're a team that can easily go on a run. Mm-hmm. And then now the Panthers... Like, I don't remember. <laughs> and now the Panthers, after hammering the Dolphins, you feel great, but, like, Cam is really, really inconsistent right now. So it's 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 hard to, to get a read on them, but they do have a two-game advantage and a, and a tiebreaker over the Falcons. So you could... Put a line through the Falcons or the Redskins or the Cowboys, but you just don't feel overly confident given that they've all got good, pretty good quarterbacks. Drew still out on Kirk Cousins, let's be honest. But, uh, yeah, I definitely think it's yeah, it's a lot easier in, in this division. I think you can see the clear division winners at this point. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right, so looking right. at the AFC now, like this is where things get really, like, Murky. And by the way, any idea why you think the NFC is so much better than the AFC in terms of just play this season? Yeah, like just play this season based off this season. I I think if you look at all the teams that are winning, apart from the Rams, I think dominant defenses are really helping. Like the Eagles are killing it, you know, defensive line. Vikings are killing it. The Saints, part of their reason that they're doing so well is that their defense is is made a huge leap. And then the Panthers as well, their their D-line's been really, really strong as well. Yeah, we also like we also don't know the answer, and we want you know we want answers from listeners as to why the NFC as a whole is better than the AFC in regards to you know just better players going there or what it seems to be because it feels like is, that is it like been the last is it location years. is it just you know why do why do why do people want to go to the NFC instead of the AFC? Or do you think it's just a, we'll wait until the New England Rangers over and then we'll see? Like, you reckon that's got something to do with it? They're like, oh, I don't want to play New England. I don't know what it is. Like, uh, it, definitely with the draft, obviously it's just pure chance. But for free agents oh, yeah, and things, I'm not, I'm not really sure whether more sort of prized free agents have gone to the NFC or whether it's just that the NFC teams have hit better on draft picks as well and they've just built up better units. Um you know, it's it's weird. Like, actually, this did not write this down at all, but I just want to mention how good the Vikings O-line's been this year compared to last year. Everyone sort of hammered their signings, like Riley Reef and Mike Remmers, but they're being huge upgrades for them. Like, they're actually running the ball really well. Bloody Mike Remmers. It's, it's crazy. Mike Remmers. <laughs> yeah, all right. AFC, all right. AFC time. Uh I think we can put a line through the Colts and the Texans. No, let's let's not let's not. All right. So the question is, who's going to be the who's who's making it in the playoffs for the AFC, right? Who's going? Yeah, who's going to be this sixth seed? Because if you look at the playoff picture at the moment, it's pretty evident that the Pats 
Chiefs, Steelers, and Titans and Jaguars will be the top five AFC teams. Yeah. All right. Cool. The Bills are the so only the other team one? with a winning record at the moment. They're five and four, but they've just benched their starting quarterback and gone with fifth round rookie after conceding forty seven points at home. And they've got a tough next three games, so we'll see their true status. Yes. Um, when we when we when we made our um, predictions to start the year, yep. we did have to two teams going from the AFC West, and I still think that is the most competitive division. But and does, I that do hurt, like does, that, does that hurt them because they keep getting wins and losses against each other, and does that hurt their chances? Possibly, but when you look across the board, you don't... I don't really like anyone else. Yeah. It's... I really don't like anyone else. Like, I, I'm crossing every phalange I have <laughs> for the Buffalo Bills to make the playoffs. Like, I would love for them to make the playoffs. It would be a great story. But... Um, I don't want them to yeah, be happy I... after benching Tyrod. You don't deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> the AFC West, uh, you know, when you look at it compared to the other divisions, is a step above. Do you know what's crazy? Do you know what's crazy as well? If Deshaun Watson doesn't go down, the AFC South likely has three playoff teams. The AFC yeah, South. Yeah. Like, that's how bad the AFC is right now. The, the AFC South is the best division like, in the AFC. Yeah, that's scary. It's possibly like that. <laughs> that is pretty crazy. So look, I think if you put a line through a few teams, it it'll start to give you a bit clearer picture of who the contenders are. I think the Colts, Texans, Browns, and oh, I don't know. That's and the Jets. Uh, I think the teams that you can put a line through. I still don't think you can count out. A team like the Bengals, maybe I think you can cross them off, but like then they're three and six, so yes, yeah. But in saying that, the Chargers are three and six, but I look at their run home and I think they can finish eight and eight, and that might be enough to be the sixth seed in the AFC at the moment. That's how bad the AFC is. The Dolphins have won four games, and they're probably one of the worst three teams in the league. It's just a mess. The AFC is a mess. And Denver are starting Brock Osweiler. Yeah, and they're. I don't know, I, if I had to pick a team right now to make the sixth seed, and maybe I'm blinded by my Chargers love, but I think that they can come home and they can get the job done. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past them either. So they play the, that, they play the Bills. that, Baltimore probably make it, right? Yeah, they're another team that I was going to mention. I think they, uh, if I had to put, I just don't know if the Bills can do it with Peterman. So if I had to pick someone right now, I would pick the Ravens. Right. But look at the Chargers run home here. They, they play the Bills at home, Nathan Peterman. They play the Chargers without Sean Lee, possibly without Tyrone Smith, who gave up six sacks. They, they play. They play the Cowboys without uh, those two players. Without Zeke, you said they. You said they played the Chargers. Sorry, they play the Cowboys without uh, Sean Sean Lee, possibly without Tyrone Smith, who you know without him they gave up six sacks to Adrian Claiborne. So think Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram against Chaz Green, um, and obviously no Zeke. Um, then they play the Browns, then they play the Redskins, then they play the Chiefs, the Jets, and the Raiders. So if they lose, yeah. if they lose so two I, of those games. They have to play their own division, don't you? It makes things tough, but they, they're a team that can beat the Chiefs. Like they, they, they're a team that can beat the Raiders, and I think they're even a team that can beat the Redskins as well. So even if they lose two of those games and then win the rest, they're eight and eight. All right. 
So I, you know, I, I like you know I like the Chargers as well. Let's yeah, go Chargers. I mean, if they had Chargers are in the playoffs. What's your, just, what's no, your let's thoughts? Just put them in the playoffs. Now. Let's just put them in. What's your thoughts on changing the uh, point system? Um, so you get three points for a win, or you get two points for a overtime win and one point for overtime loss. That would put the charges. That would put because the, we spoke about hockey the other. Yeah, no, it just means that the charges would would be a lot better because they've lost a couple of games in overtime this year that they'd still get a couple of points. Hmm. You know what? I think maybe they maybe they should do it. They they could have that system, and they could also have like the system like you get more points depending on margin of victory. So a team, yeah. you know, kind of stays in it and keep tries to stay competitive and not just, you know, get the game over and done with. Yeah, definitely, Ooh. definitely interesting. But anyway, so I think games would get longer though. So games would get hella long. All right, so right now, week eleven, we're putting in as the six seed. Who are our top three contenders for the six seed? The Bills, Ravens, and Chargers. Oh, and the Raiders. And the Raiders. Oh God, I just hate that. They just don't deserve to be there. But you, they're currently in the best spot. I know, <laughs> I know, they do. Super Bowl picks. We were going to Disneyland. Oh my god! All right, we we haven't got a mid-season Super Bowl pick from you. Um, Scott filled in for you a few weeks back. He chose uh, Houston, Seattle, and then twenty-four hours later, to Sean Watson. Torrey's ACL, and I think he was just trying to get cued on the back of that amazing 79-point game and kind of backfired. But anyway, what's your uh, halfway point Super Bowl prediction? Um, so wait, do I get two? Yeah, I reckon go with two because you missed a couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, why not just right, well, eggs last in the basket? Week then, <laughs> last week then, I just would have went for the top two teams and I would have said Eagles and Patriots. So yep. Ooh, Super Bowl check, rematch from a few, check those. A few years yeah, ago. That was, yep. that was crushing. Yeah. Thanks, bring up 2007. Um, Spygate. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Can't help us. All right. <laughs> so that's... Check that box off. Yep. Um, right. This week? It's tough, man. Uh, I know. I'm still going Patriots. I still think the Patriots look the goods, but yeah, yep. Patriots-Saints might be all right. Yeah, I think that was where I was going to lean. Um, a little bit of, uh, you know, Sean Payton, Bill Belichick, Drew Brees, Tom Brady. Like, that's that's a saucy Super Bowl. Um, but I'll uh, I'll go in a different direction here, and uh, I will suggest the Steelers against the Saints. Uh, all right, nice. a little bit of look at us covering all bases. Yeah, a little bit of ground and pound. One of these is going to be right. We'll be onto something here. So Steelers versus Saints. Um, a bit of uh, Le'Veon Bell versus uh, I call him Ingramara, which is Ingram and Kamara together. What you, what's your thoughts yep. on that nickname, Ingramara? Bloody horrible. Yeah, it's. I'm a big. I'm a big fan. I'm actually a big fan of these name mergers. Like I'm, I'm all, I'm all about that. All right, Joe um, Liv, settle down. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, like I, I'm fine with all that stuff. Yeah, but just what, what, what was it, Ingramara? Yeah. Or Kamara, Kamagram. Kamagram. Yeah. I don't no, that's that's no. That, I like that. It sounds like social media. All right. Kam- Kamara. You can only put photos and highlights of Ingram and Kamara on. It's a very niche sort of photo and video platform. Kamara Graham. All right, cool. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, all right. All right, let's um let's move on to pre snap picks. Pre snap picks. 
All right, week 11, six teams on by, so a reduced slate, but some, some really good matchups as opposed to last week. As I said, week 10 was pretty pretty bad. So Thursday night football, two playoff teams. Uh, the Tennessee Titans travel to Pittsburgh. Look, Tennessee have won four in a row, but they've been some of the, it's been a very unimpressive win streak, whereas the Steelers, they've been really strong. Uh, we talked about this game at length on the punt return. If you like to have a bet, I advise you to check this out. What's your thoughts on this game? Pittsburgh, at home. I'm liking it. Yeah. I, I just think, yep. there you go. It, we, we covered it in the punt return. Go listen to it. There you go. That's their <laughs> teaser. Uh, yeah, I just think they're too good. They're playing really well on defense right now, and um, like, I just can't see how the Titans can score too many points. Oh, I like it. Uh, this is probably a, a terrible game for the week. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, uh, possibly Blaine Gabbert, the real American starting. Uh, it's a shame I got rid of that drop. I thought might be a good time to come back around on the real American. By the way, yeah, Arian's just saying that you know he's always been on a S H yep. team. Yep, and that's why he's been getting a bad rap. Yeah, and that's what it's we kind always of a, said. It's kind of the chicken and the egg. Are they a bad team because of Blaine Gabbert, or were they a bad team and Blaine Gabbert was on it? You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. So I do like Arians talking and defending a real American. That's a dream scenario for me. Bruce Arians out there swearing, defending the real American. What a what a guy. What a moment. Um, I don't know. I don't know who to pick. Yeah, it, it's it's a game I'm not going to watch. <laughs> Do you know who will be watching this game? Colin Kaepernick's collusion lawyers. Like, you know, you want collusion. It's Blaine Gabbert versus Tom Savage. I'm going to take the Cardinals because Tom Savage is just garbage. Like, he's just so bad. Like, he missed, like, simple blitz pickups and just, like... Bill O'Brien like, was going nuts. Like, he's you should be going nuts at yourself, mate. Like, You're a mean guy. Yeah, I am. Sorry. I'm taking the Cardinals. Yeah, so am I, but still... You're a mean guy. Tom Savage is real. All right. <laughs> uh, Ravens at Packers. So uh, we just talked about the Ravens possibly being a team that can uh, make the uh, final six seed in the AFC. So a win here is going to be crucial for them. At the same time, Aaron Rodgers back at back taking some snaps. But look, I still think if he does come back, we're, we're talking week 15, week 16, and the Packers in a top-heavy NFC uh, just going to be too far behind at this point. So a lot more on the line for the Ravens. Uh, their D-line should take control of a, a poor pass-protecting uh, Packers O-line. So I'm going to take the Ravens in this one, um, well-rested off the bye. Look at you, just covering all angles. Yep. I'll just add Macklin back as well. Yeah, give me Ravens. Jeremy Backlin, am I right? Macklin's back. All right, let's go. Next of, one. Turn of the Macklin. Detroit Lions travel to the Chicago Bears. What was your thoughts on the Bears last week? They've been saucy at home, and then they lose the, the Hunley Packers. Yeah. Um, it's just yeah. It's such a letdown game. Um, is Tariq Cohen real? Yeah. Oh, by the way, by the way, um, I know I, 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 couldn't, um, I couldn't put my two cents in last week, but I wanted to – I couldn't uh, chip in for the round review. Um for, for that game, but I was going to say it was the Fox and the Hunt, but yeah, I just I couldn't get in. I, well, couldn't, I couldn't get in in time. No, un- unfortunately not. Um, I'm glad you probably haven't listened to that. I, I sang a song to Aaron Rodgers in those round reviews, so uh, it's good to have you back uh, to reduce my singing. That's not great. Um, I apologize. Wow. I apologize. Wow. So. Uh, Alright, so I assume we're both taking the, the Lions, far better team across the board. Yep. 
Oh, maybe not D-line. Bears D-line's pretty good. But anyway, it's not enough. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars travel to the Cleveland Browns. Now, Go on. To Sean Gibson. No, to Sean Gibson this week. Put some fuel on the fire. He said he hopes the Jaguars hang 40 on the Browns. He said, I truly hope that we hang 40 on the... Uh, on them, so that's what he said this week. He, uh, so he's not, you know, he obviously spent time there, but he's he wants revenge. He wants to take out these Browns team. He's glad that they're winless. He wants to keep them winless. So, adding a little bit of sauce to a, a relatively meaningless game and an uninteresting game. I'm taking the Browns though. I don't know why. I have a weird feeling. Um, please. When was, please. When was the last time the Browns hung forty on anyone? I mean, the Jags hung forty on anyone. I don't actually, think the, will, actually, actually, the Ravens, like, <laughs> like literally, like four weeks two, ago two in London. Ago? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Give me Jacksonville. That's a great point. Um, what was the score in that game? It was. Was it a forty nil? Yeah, it was pretty. Where are we? Forty-four-seven. So there we go. <laughs> Should have been. 40. There was a nil game in. There was a nil game in London, though, right? Yeah, there was. I uh, can't remember what it was. But anyway. All right. Doesn't matter. Yep. The next game. Give me Jacksonville, by the way. Yep. So then the next game is Chiefs at the Giants. Do we need to go into them too much? No, we just want to say that Andy Reid is 16-2 and off, two the off the bye. And they're playing a, a terrible team that's pretty much abandoning ship. Um, they're macadoomed at this point. Uh, yeah, it's... It's all falling apart in New York. Probably their worst season since the seventies or eighties. It's it's a horrible, yeah, horrible it's year. Terrific. Yep. Uh... <laughs> it's terrific. Yeah, it's terrific. Taking the Chiefs. That's a relatively straightforward game. Rams Vikings. Now this is a game I can get behind. So uh, this. Yeah. In like, there's a lot of good games this week. So it's like I don't want to say this is game of the round, but it's 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 up there for up me there. as a as a neutral because you know Eagles Cowboys is a good game and I know you're invested in that, but as a neutral, yeah, Rams Vikings is definitely a game that I really want to see because the Rams look they've been great they've been fantastic, but this is a really true test for them. Um, you know the offensive line Andrew Whitworth's been an amazing signing for them and and helped and helped sorry keep uh, Jared Goff protected and giving him time to. To find Robert Woods and and Sammy Watkins deep, but this Vikings D line is nothing to mess with, um, and they held out Everson Griffin last week, so he'll be healthy and ready to play. So, you know, this Vikings D against this Rams offense, this is you know mouth watering stuff. Yeah, and Case Keenum, who would have thought? Like, yeah, a revenge game. Um... <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even think about that. It's a Case Keenum right, revenge it, game. That's it. That I'm definitely going the Vikings, and I was already going leaning towards the Vikings. Now I want Case Keenum to. Oh, so am I. I I love Case Keenum after Hard Knocks uh, and All or Nothing. Like I'm in. I'm in. I'm bought in. Can we right. can we talk about how good Adam Thielen is as well? Like he is, like he might be an All Pro this year. He's like the next Jordy Nelson. He really is, and and we, we hate saying that because it's just a white running white wide receiver, white receiver. But he just plays the same style and. Strong hands and the way he catches the ball, very Geordie like. Yeah. Oh man, he's so good. I love him. I love him so much. How good the Vikings receivers. Just. Oh, it's insane. It's so great. that's uh, why you just give me a, give me a score now, give me a score I, prediction. You feel a little bit you, you, like you know Case Keenum isn't going to remain the starting quarterback, so you do feel a little bit bad for him, especially if you know someone then comes back yeah. and takes over his job. Um, happy for Teddy Bridgewater, like crying on the sideline last week, being active for the first time in like 
however many days it was, like a massive amount of days. Um, yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah. Look, I think the right decision is to keep Case, though. Like, you, you can't ruin that momentum. But can you win no. a Super Bowl with Case Keenum? Possibly not. So you may have to, you know, Who knows? it, it might only might take one case. bad game or one bad quarter to bring Bridgewater in just to see. So I think he's on a short lease, which is unfair because he's played so well. But I think just because of the upside that Teddy has, you you got to, I don't know, you got to just sort of bite the bullet and, and, and throw him in at some point. Yeah, hopefully they get, they can get out to a big lead in some game and then bring Teddy in to see how he is. Yeah, so we got the number 11th ranked offense taking on the number 9th ranked defense and the 7th ranked offense in Minnesota taking on the number 1 ranked defense is the Rams. They've slowly just built up the Rams defense is now number 1 ranked uh, in DVOA, which is pretty crazy but uh here we are so there's you know all sort of top 10 units at this point playing each other in terms of DVOA give me a score prediction for this one cuz it's so good jeez put me on the spot i'm going to go 2320 uh, yeah jeez around that mark hey yep. uh 2420 20. 20. <laughs> 20, 2421 <laughs> <laughs> no i'm going 2420 all right i just want to change it by one okay Sweet. All right. Um, Washington Redskins travel to the Mercedes Benz Dome to take on the New Orleans Saints, take on Kamara Graham and yeah. uh, Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Uh, look, this is still a pretty decent matchup. Um, I just I hope Jordan Reed plays because I, really, I want to see the Saints tested by an offense that can spread the ball out a little bit more. Um, obviously, Rob Kelly out for the year, so Samaje P. Ryan and Chris Thompson going to play, but. I just I'm I'm gonna pick keep picking the Saints until they prove me wrong and I I think they should win and win comfortably here. I, I the Redskins I think uh look they're a solid team but they're nothing they don't get me excited. The Saints do. Uh, yeah. Saints at home as well, just like they've been good everywhere at this season, which is so unlike them. Their defence has been good, everything's just yeah. it's not a normal Saints season. It's weird, but I'm in, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I think it's I think it's gotten to a point now, though, where you know people are starting to realize that they're a genuine threat. I think going into the season, they were in a good position because everyone had written them off, and so there wasn't any expectations. And it's like it's teams like this that, when there isn't any expectations for them to achieve like great things, they they go on and you can just yeah. fly under the radar. But you can tell teams now know that this defense is actually for real, and this offense is always going to be prolific as long as Drew Brees is there. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't I think it'll be closer than you do, but uh, yeah, the the ground the ground game for the Saints is incredible. It really is, and I'm like I'm not on like I'm obviously surprised at Kamara being like the way Kamara is playing is what I expected Christian McCaffrey to be. And I'm not saying McCaffrey's bad and look Shula's used McCaffrey wrong and like Kamara's in a great spot with Sean Payton and Mark Ingram. But I'm just like I'm not surprised at Mark Ingram's form because I knew he always had that in him. I just think I just don't think Sean Payton knew that, which is a surprise. But the way their defense is played is a real surprise. Like I knew they were going to get better. Like Sheldon Rankins in year two, and we 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 both loved loved love love Marshawn Lattimore, and this is no surprise the way he's playing at all. But just just having that corner has just like helped them so much. And now Cameron Jordan like. And like David on Yamada and and players like that are all like stepping up. It's it's pretty amazing the transformation that their defense. I think they're the most improved unit 
in the NFL. I think the Vikings O-line would be second in that. Yeah, and... In the Rams offense. Or the Rams overall. Yeah, definitely. Jeff Fisher. The Rams as a whole. Yeah. But the Redskins, the Redskins can't stop the run. They just can't stop the run. And the Saints, that's what they are this season. Um, yeah. I, yeah. The Saints all day same for me. I love it when they put Ingram and Kamara both in the backfield and they're just like, what are we going to do? Like, it's just so hard. So They finally have their Sproles back. Yeah, it's cool. He's like Sproles plus at this point because he's just younger mm-hmm. and, and a little bit bigger as well. Anyway, all right, Buffalo Bills, Nathan Peterman against uh, the Chargers. We could have potentially had Peterman v. Kellen Clemens, but Rivers upgraded a probable today. So the Chargers are at home. We just talked about them potentially needing to win out, go 5-2 and two down the stretch to finish 8-8. Eight and eight. I think they win this game. I think Ingram and Bosa trouble uh, Nathan Peterman and they get the win. Yeah, me too. I think it's just going to be a tough game for the first the first game for the rookie. Yeah, look, I think it'll be close for a while, but I think they will uh, pull away from it uh, eventually, the Chargers. I want to see how uh, Melvin Gordon goes against this uh Bills uh, defense now without Marcel Darius have a bounce back game. That Austin Eckler looks pretty decent. It's like a new Woodhead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a year of white running backs. I tell you, Eckler, bit of Rex Burkhead, Denny Woodhead coming back. Yeah, McCaffrey. Yeah, what a renaissance. <laughs> uh, all right, Cincinnati Bengals uh, traveled to Denver Broncos. One of the worst matchups of the year. Two just underwhelming teams. Couldn't be any. Less fun to watch these two teams at the moment, apart from Adam Gotsis, who's been an absolutely pleasant surprise. But, you know, it's just hard to watch this game when there's so other good games on at the same time. Yeah. Um, give me Bengals in this, though, I think. Uh, okay. Well, Osweiler's still at the helm, and the Broncos are struggling in the red zone where the the Bengals seem to excel. They seem to be quite a good um, red zone defensive unit. Give me the Bengals. All right. I'm going to take the Broncos. I just fail to see how the Bengals can score enough points, um, even though you, you outlined valid points about the Broncos struggling. To score points as well. I just trust the Broncos' defense a little bit more, although the Bengals' defense has been great. Geno Atkins has had a great season. It's just been overshadowed by the just genuine, I didn't, genuine I didn't get to mention it, but how good was... Akeem Talib getting burned by Alshon Jeffrey. Did you see that? Yeah, that was, that was, great. That was crazy. It was great. Um, it was great. I, look, I feel sorry for the Broncos' defense. Everyone keeps saying, oh, they've let in 90 points in two games. But like a lot of that Pats game was a lot of special teams blunders, not really the defense. Um, they, they gave them short fields with punt drops and, and letting in uh, kickoff returns and a few other mishaps. So I definitely think that's not entirely the on the Broncos. Defense, is on the field that often, you're, all, you're eventually going to give yeah, up points. You eventually they can't take. hold out uh, look, Yeah, I, I definitely think that they're they're a lot better than the, what the points they've laid in the last few weeks. And yeah, um, By the way, William Jackson the third is a stud for the Bengals. Love that stud. guy. Yep. Uh, all right, New England Patriots, uh, Oakland Raiders, neutral field, Mexico City, high altitude. Pats have been in Colorado training um, this week. Uh, Tom Brady probably popped in and, and grabbed some HGH from Peyton. Um, just to keep them keep them alive, keep them going. What's your thoughts on on this matchup? Um, I'm not a big fan of the Raiders, and I I know that you're not overly high on them either. Yeah, yep. I don't know. I, just to be honest, just give me the Patriots. Yeah, I don't think the Pats will lose a game for the rest of the year. No, and they should, like and all that's, the season. You think they win out? I just think they win out. I just, yep. They're a good outfit. They're just 
you knew that they you knew they were going to fix their defense up. You knew they were, like, and they've let in like like everyone that scored against them has just been in the teens for the last five weeks. Like, you just trust yeah. that Belichick will get it right. Like he just always does. He's just and then special getting, teams like so good. And like Marcel Darius, uh, Marcel Darius, Martel's Bennett. Yep, just comes in as if he's never left and just you know catches a few and then like his roller will only expand as the weeks go on. Still so dodgy, but yeah, definitely helps them massively because yeah. it means that Gronk doesn't have to block as much anymore. Although Dwayne Allen's been blocking a lot. I, everyone's had a go at him for not catching, like, but he's been in blocking. So like that's what they want him to do, and he's happy to do that. So You miss Dwayne Allen, don't you? No, I don't really. I, I was a bit upset seeing him catch a, a couple of touchdown passes last week, but um, I'm happy with Eric Swope and uh, Jack Doyle. Um, but yeah, I think the Pats just too strong. I, I just can't see how the Raiders, like Carr had it in him. I know he like, he, he threw a lot of yards and, and got that sort of comeback win against the Chiefs, but you're not getting that luck against the Pats. Like the Pats, the Pats will find ways to win. They just win in so many different ways. Uh, all right, uh, another blockbuster game. These last two, all the primetime games, all sort of playoff teams, obviously Dallas Atlanta are on the cusp, but at least playoff teams last year. So Philadelphia and Dallas, yeah, Dallas are the home team, but Philly away, and as I said in the punt return, the uh, the away team's 8-3 and three against the spread in the last uh, 11 meetings of these two teams. So the away team kind of has the nod here, a little bit of the advantage. Yeah, I think Philly is just kind of going to, at the moment, just the mood around Philadelphia is all about, like, it's kind of, in a way, it's kind of feeding off the same energy that the Cowboys had last year with all the hype surrounding Ezekiel Elliott and Dak. And just, it's nearly the same thing. It really is. It's just, like, it's just a different team in the NFC East. And, like, they've got their young quarterback now. And, you, like, I don't, I don't get caught up in any of this. I'm just always hoping my team performs well. I don't really get sucked. I just, you know, I'm more about defensive players, to be honest. And, I, but the rest of the Philly fan base seem to be, you know, hell-bent on proving that the Cowboys don't have the best quarterback in the NFC East and that the, the next up-and-coming young quarterback is Wentz and it's not Dak Prescott. I'm glad you brought like this that. up. And, like... I'm a bit a bit frustrated by a lot of that this week from Cowboys fans and and Eagles fans. Newsflash: um, Carson Wentz can be good and Dak can also be good, and they're both yeah. good players. Like it doesn't they're not one. It's not one or the other. They both can be great quarterbacks. Like Dak can do things better than Wentz. Wentz can do things better than Dak. Like they're different quarterbacks, but look at them both play well when their offensive line's playing well. Obviously, Dak looked human without Tyron Smith. That's obvious. And Wentz will, you know, it'll start to show out when, without Jason Peters, he'll probably struggle a little bit more. But they've signed a replacement in Will Betty, and and they make do, and, and Peterson will game plan accordingly to, to cover up sort of that Peters loss. But you, you saw Wentz struggle a little bit last year when the offensive line was, was, wasn't playing as well. So obviously, you know, if you give both your really good quarterbacks good protection, they'll play better. Josh, I think you went too far there saying that Prescott was better than at anything than Wentz is, but I'll let it slide. I get your point. Um, <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, like, How I don't, dare you? no part of me gives a shot what anyone thinks when it comes to like that kind of thing. It's yeah. all about, you just want the team to perform well. Yeah, exactly. And 
it, yeah. Anyway, I I I like saying all that. I like where the Eagles are at. I Same. think the fans are in like it is uh, like a bit of a revenge game. It's it's you know like where the where the team of the NFC is and where the best team in the NFL at the moment. So. Yeah. But in saying that, you've got to play them twice. If they win both of those games, suddenly that gap is not as big as we thought. You know what I mean? But I definitely think that they win this game, or at the very Mr. least. Mr. Ronald Darby is also back. Yeah, which is huge for you guys. And then, obviously, if Tyrone Smith is out, uh, you've got you know Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox and Vinnie Curry and uh, yeah, Derek Barnett. If you're a Dallas fan, you hope that the, the Cowboys actually replace Tyrone Smith this week. Um, because they forgot to put anyone out there at all last week. It was a joke. Yes, uh, good one. Um, and the J train looking good for uh, Philly. So uh, it's just a great addition. That was crazy, right? Yep. So that was, was awesome. crazy. That was awesome. All right, last game of the round. Atlanta Falcons traveled to Seattle to take on the Seahawks, a rematch of a playoff game last year. Josh, I forgot. Yep. I forgot to mention one thing. Yes. Did you know that we have like. I know this is uh, it's probably not family appropriate, but that Philly's running backs are all like slang terms. But like, so there's Blount and there's Jay, and like that's like there's there's like a theme in, within the Philly team. Is that a thing? <laughs> I don't, okay, I did not know that. Who's your other running back, not, Blount? I'm not talking about just running backs. Sorry, I'm oh, just okay. saying those two in particular. And there's yeah, there was there's others in the team, and I just interesting maybe you anyway. should be based in Colorado where it's legal maybe that mm-hmm. maybe that's mm-hmm. that's obvious alright Falcons Seahawks rematch from last year's uh, I think it was wild card or divisional round um, from memory but it was a it was a good game Falcons obviously won comfortably but this time they're on the road they're not playing as well but they can still with a win end up being on the exact same record as they were last year at the same point in time obviously uh, no Devontae Freeman out with a concussion, but Tevin Coleman filled in uh, quite well for him last week. But the thunder and lightning of that duo is really a difference maker for this offense. So it'll be interesting to see um, how uh, Tevin Coleman can handle that workload. And Seattle, obviously no Richard Sherman. Signed Byron Maxwell back to the Legion of Boom. Um, uh. See how that pans out. Um, that's where he ended up making his money and, and thriving. So maybe back in that system, it's uh, it'd be interesting to see. But... Not expecting results straight away from him, but this is a a really, really, really interesting game and one with some huge playoff implications. You'll be automatically just assuming Seattle will either win the division or get that wild card spot, but they have some tough matchups and a loss here could hurt. Yeah. All right. So I don't like the Falcons. I don't think they're. I don't think they're built to go far this year. Um, I know you're saying they're in a similar position. Blah blah yeah. blah. I think they win this game. Uh, the only reason I'm picking them is just because of this uh, secondary for the um, Seahawks. And I think the Seahawks are so stingy on the ground. And because the Falcons don't have the thunder and lightning combination, like you said, they've only got Coleman. I don't know which one he is. I'll say thunder. Um, he's normally the lightning. Pardon? He's normally the lightning. All right. So he's the lightning. Yep. He's the lightning there. All right, so, yeah, anyway, they've only got Coleman. They don't have Freeman. Um, so they're going to have to air out the ball more anyway. So, and I think they'll find success there. If the if Seattle at all can, um, you know, stop the passing game, I think they'll be fine um, stopping the ground game and they'll have success. But 
I don't know. I just there's too many holes in this um, Seahawks team at this point. There's too many injuries. I like the Falcons. Yeah, they Seattle are banged up a lot, um, and Atlanta are doing a good job in in terms of pass protection and keeping Matt Ryan protected to a degree. It's just I don't know. It's so hard to pick against Seattle at home. But in saying that, they should have lost the to the Texans, and they should have lost. Oh, and they did lose to the to the Redskins. And I think the Falcons are a much better team. Then the Redskins, but Seahawks have had a lot more time to to prepare. So just in that alone, and the additional game plan, and you know Pete Carroll knowing Dan Quinn a little bit more, I'm going to take the Seahawks, but I'm not confident in this one at all. It's it's an absolute coin flip game for me. Yeah, me it's a, too. It's a clear but avoid in terms of yeah, like eliminate a challenge or gambling or anything like that. It's just a um, sit down, have some snacks, and and watch the game. All right, that's week 11, and that's uh, that's the pod for this week. Uh, enjoy week 11, Woot, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk next week. Thanksgiving yep. week. Put so. your iTunes, yeah. iTunes reviews. Yeah, iTunes please, reviews. iTunes review, and uh, ciao. Bye. Thanks for listening to another installment of the Woot and Y Show. Check out previous episodes at WootandY.com and on iTunes. And follow each of the boys on Twitter at This Is Woot and at JYNFL. Or you can follow the podcast at Woot and Y.